edition of the AT is kindly brought to you in association with artisan food brand Moorish. Moorish uses only the best natural ingredients to create their deliciously different dips. Using traditional methods and adding unique smoked twist, their products are indeed incredibly Moorish. From the original smoky hummus to the warming and fragrant smoked hummus with chili harissa, Moorish's creations will delight your taste buds. Our personal favourite in the About Time office is the new Moorish pea hummus, which is exclusive to Sainsbury's. With a delicious pea flavour and 15 grams of plant protein per pot, it's our ideal indulgent afternoon snack. If you're in the mood for something different, try their garlic and Sicilian lemon aioli, which is gloriously creamy with a zing of fresh lemon. Available in all good supermarkets, including Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Ocado, Booth's and Whole Foods Market. Why not stock up on some Moorish today? Thank you to our sponsors, Moorish. Looking at the best things to do in London and beyond? From food to fitness, bars to going out, this is the AT. The About Time Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode two of the AT. We're back. We're back. This is episode two. What are we chatting about today, Alicia? One of my favourite topics mm-hmm. is food. Obviously. I love food. <laughs> I love food too. So this week's show is about kind of like a foodie insider's guide to London. So we've got some fantastic guests on the show who are in the food industry and they're going to be talking to us about trends and happenings. And also we're just going to be chatting about food and restaurants and all the good stuff in London. So kicking it off, tell me, Alyssa, what is happening in the capital for foodies? Restaurant openings, left, right, bloody centre. Um, pizza Pilgrims. Uh, have you had a pizza pilgrims? Do you know what I'm? Oh, I don't want to say this, but I'm not a pizza person. You're not a pizza person. I just I I struggle with pizza because I really like food where I can have like lots of different mouthfuls. So I like my food ideally to be like little bits of everything. For me, pizza is a bit mono, but I appreciate. You like, think it's too much of the same it's thing? It's too much of the same thing, and I do appreciate that toppings exist and stuff like that. But I've never been a I've never been one of those people that craves a pizza. But sure, pizza pilgrims, tell me about it. So pizza pilgrims is heading to the city. Um, founders Tom and James um, are opening and it's in a pizza shaped building oh that's fun how apt Um, they've got new menus I'm talking about the bread zeppelin which is a kind of a quirky take on a garlic bread um, and it oozes with garlic butter they've got a double pepperoni pizza they've got a pesto pizza you know, you know what you're getting with Pizza Pilgrims, yeah. is what I'm saying. Good, dependable pizza. It's good pizza. The crusts are really nice. You've got some nice green and white tablecloths going on. Cheap plonk. You can't really go wrong. I have noticed that a lot of new restaurants have opened in the city. Like, so much of what we talked about yes. and what we've been writing about recently has happened in the city, which was like quite a change because the city used to be like just kind of corporate state restaurants. No man's land. Yeah, it was, it was very corporate or it was Pret. Um, kind of expensive set price menus or prep and it seems like there's so many cool like trendy places now opening in the city maybe well, we need to like go work for Deloitte maybe it would last about a day yeah, um, but also well that kind of leads me on to the next one because you know Bloomberg Arcade which is in the city as well yeah. massive foodie kind of hub I mean you've got everything there you've got Bleak Street you've got so many I can't even remember them all um and then Chef Andrew Wong is coming in to open his latest restaurant called Kim's. 
Um, just think of like classic Chinese dishes based around, you know, Andrew's interpretations of his like childhood. Um, you've got lemongrass salad, you've got crispy duck pancakes, and you've got desserts such as the Golden Gate pineapple bun with custard. Ooh. Which sounds a bit naughty. Sounds a bit naughty, sounds delicious. So kind of modern contemporary Chinese food with a a classic with a twist. Absolutely. And it's in the city again. Are you a Chinese food lover? Um, you know, I did live in Hong Kong for a year. Um, what did you eat in Hong Kong? Um, do you know what? McDonald's is very cheap. No, but I did actually, no, I did actually eat Chinese food. I did actually eat Chinese food. But I'm more on the dim sum. Yeah, me too. I'm more dim sum. Love meat and dim sum. Love dim sum. So I'm all about the puffs. I'm all about the wontons. <laughs> I'm all about the sumai. Um, I don't really enjoy kind of the rice elements of the, dishes. Yeah, Sejuan. Yeah. Yes, Sejuan. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, if you like Chinese food, go there. Kim's, that sounds cool. Yeah, that's opening uh, later this month. Anything oh, else actually. interesting? This is really interesting. We'll talk more about the development later on in the show. But Barafina, mm-hmm. Barafina, kind of Spanish tapas legends, yeah. are opening in the new Cold Drops Yard in King's Cross this month. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, re- this is an exciting, exciting yeah. People opening. People go mad for Barafina. The queues, man. Mm. But they queue for a reason. Mm. They queue for a reason. Everyone always tells me that it's like the best first date spot. Because you know when you go on a first date, or like a first or second date, and you want to go, but you don't want to have like a big dinner because you don't know how fun it's going to be. Get a little bit of tapas and some wine. It's like a good atmosphere. And they have great bar seating, which I do think lends itself to first dates. Because mm. th- if the date's shit, you're at least at the bar. Talk to the bartender. Talk to the person on your right. This like, is it's not what all I'm course. saying. I think, for, I think we should do an actual... An, an article on best bar seats for first dates. Best bar seats for first date. How niche is too niche? Yeah, maybe we went a bit too far there. But yes, yeah, so Barafina, um, this is the first menu which has been created by the new executive head chef, Angel Martin, uh, which is exciting. It's also a great name. Yeah. Angel Zapata Martin. Zapata Martin? Can you start calling me Angel Martin? Yeah, that is a strong name. Um, and they've got loads of menu sections. You've got sea, you've got the mountains, and then you've got pudding, obviously, with the kind of like Spanish take on profiteroles. That sounds wicked. Yeah. That's that's opening at the end of October. Yes, in Cold Drops Yard, which is going to be just behind King's Cross Station. Very nice. King's Cross is on the up. Honestly, King's Cross has become amazing, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I went out on Saturday night in King's Cross, went to drink shop do. Did had, you? A, had a little boogie to Dolly Parton. Oh, Me and did. a lot of people wearing glitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that's your restaurant openings. I want to highlight something that I am calling a trend um, in the food scene. Not just in London, but throughout the UK. And this is niche delivery boxes. I've seen so many. I've been sent so many press releases and articles about delivery services, which isn't just like your gustos and HelloFresh, where you're just sent um, recipe ingredients, but actually subscription boxes to like interesting things. So, for example... There's the one that I've recently signed up to called the Cheese Geek. And it's like the answer for the modern cheesemonger. Because you know how cheesemongers used to be a thing and like every high street would have a butcher? What happened to the cheesemonger? Bring back the cheesemonger. Yeah. But yeah, so there used to always be a butcher and a fishmonger and a cheesemonger. And now, can't find any of them. Like, I live in West Hampstead, there aren't any of those. It's just a waitress in a Tesco. Um, so this is sort of the antidote, the answer. And there's, uh, it's a modern cheesemonger idea and it's a subscription service. 
and you can pay either for three months, six months or 12 months. And it's like the UK's first ever cheese subscription service and they have a cheese app where you can like go on and you can do your order and you can also rate your favourite cheeses. So basically it's like the perfect gift for cheese lovers. Can you pick the cheese or is it like a mystical selection? No, it's a mystical selection, but you can you can pick how much you get. So like the most expensive one is called the Elvis, which is £88 for three months or £174 for six months. And in that, uh, you get, it's like 550 grams of cheese, which is quite a lot. That's a and lot of cheese. It is a lot of cheese. And also what I quite like about it is there's no repeat cheese for, for however many months you get. So if you get the 12 month package, you're not going to find the same brie coming back to haunt you. Yeah. So it's different every month. Um, that's so exciting. I think that's really cool. So that was, that was one that I'm quite excited about. So the about. cheese geek that is. Yeah, that's the cheese geek and you can get that the cheesegeek.co.uk or the cheesegeek app for a cheesegeek. Um, and the other one, which I think is very cool, is called Coco Runners. And it's basically for real proper chocolate lovers. So people that are passionate about chocolate, that are interested in the origins of chocolate. So it's, it's for bean to bar chocolate. So lots of single origin, exciting, unusual chocolates. And how it works, very similar. It's 1995, uh, $19.95 a month. And you get a subscription box and you get four chocolate bars every month and it's going to be different every month. And also within that, you get like a membership and you can sign up and you can rate different chocolates. So for a chocolate lover, I think it's a great gift and you can get that for as many months as you want. It's like a rolling rolling subscription. Interesting. You're not much of a chocolate, much of a chocolate no. person. I'm one of those people that enjoys the really crappy, nasty chocolate. Yeah, cheap chocolate. Yeah, I like. White it's not chocolate. really chocolate. It's just sugar. Yeah, like you like white chocolate. It's just not. It's oh not. My exactly. God. I don't think it's acceptable to like white chocolate over the age of like twelve. Really? I think you should grow out of milky bar. I love a milky bar. No milky bar buttons. Milky bar is for the emotionally regressed, in my view. It's like people that and that have, work for you. Yeah. It's like people that have crunchy nut for breakfast just grow up. Oh, I love a crunchy nut. <laughs> I haven't had cereal in since about 2007. Though. I can't be trusted around cereal. If I buy it, it's gone. I'll just have it as a snack. I'll oh, have it for it's dinner. great. I used to love sugar puffs. Golden nuggets. Then Jamie a... Oliver came along, read all of the fun. <laughs> so those are, that, those are some food trends that I'm excited about. Okay, that's cool. Um, is there anything else that you think is happening in London? Getting back onto the openings, um, a new wave of sort of market halls, street food arenas are opening. Mm-hmm. Um, in London. So Pergola Olympia, this is really big. Was Pergola the one that was open in Paddington before? Yeah, so they've got them all over. So you've got Pergola White City. I don't know if that's there anymore, but we've got Pergola Paddington. It's the same people that do the Prince in Fulham. Mm. So they know what they're doing. Street Food Arena is actually built on the roof of the Olympia London. Wow. Which is quite a weird place. Like, anyway. How do they even secure that as a venue? That's yeah. insane. Also, I don't think Olympia has a tube stop, so get yeah. a bus there. You know when you, well, there's those big conferences at Olympia, and like, yeah, how I, do you I, get there? Like, it's awful. It's, oh gosh, those conferences, weird. Um, so it's got seating for 500 people. You've got three independent restaurants, a huge open bar, and you've got loads and loads of street food people um claw mm. known for seafood you've got burger legends patty and bun and then pizza from the guys at paso so this is like a big kind of street food arena but yeah it's, it's like, like cool. you know bring your mates get a table for the night have some bevs I on, suppose on you, top of the olympia if people i guess if you live in like kenston chelsea that's it's quite exciting yeah or if you just like constantly work the conference circuit <laughs> The, the, the renovation shows. <laughs> yeah, well, come out with cool. a conservatory and a burger. Um, also, what's coming? This is a bit later on in November. So I don't know if you know, but Market Halls is in Fulham. So they opened. Um, 
I think it was earlier this year, they've got loads of really excited street food traders. Um, they've got super ta- tacos by the guys, by Bredo's Tacos. They've got loads of like a toasty bar, a DIY Bloody Mary bar, really fun. Market halls are opening the doors to their second site in Victoria, which is going to go on the same, the same vein as like, you know, up and coming street food vendors. Mm. So that's really exciting as well. And they've got a roof terrace. That's nice. Um, so yes. And, w- and that's in Victoria. Yeah. It once was the um, nightclub Pasha. Oh, rest in peace. <laughs> RIP. <laughs> um, and the lastly, we mentioned it earlier with Barafina, but Cold Drops Yard. Mm-hmm. Um, oh right, okay, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, where the new Barafina is. Yeah, and that's got it's going to have fifty stalls, restaurants, cafes. Oh wow, so it's a pretty big thing. Yeah, that's loads. Cool. So um, I'm imagining it's going to be a bit like Kingly Court, like that kind of hub vibe. I yes, think. yes, it's a bit trendy. You know, it's opening later this month, so they've got Barafina in there, and they've got El Pastor like sibling called Casa Pastor so that's going to be people that bought property in King's Cross like a couple of years ago laughing now I know it was a bit of a dump and now it's so trendy absolute laughing all the way to the bank yeah so cold drops yard so as this is the foodie special it'd be remiss of me not to ask you where is your favourite restaurant in London you've got 60 seconds hit me up I'm going to do three in 60 seconds I like El Pastor in Borough Market because you know I love a taco get the chicken tinga tacos shredded chicken onions jalapeno sour cream salsa they do an incredible short rib it's to share for four people and you build your own tacos yourself and get some margaritas. The guac's on point. You're running out of time, man. No, Monty's Deli for their Reuben sandwiches. I love their Reuben special salt beef and pastrami and their smoked chicken wings and baked cheesecake. And Daddy Bao and Tucson for their fried chicken with smoked miso mayo and the Mr. Bao Bao. Boom. Okay. Is that, I, re- I felt like I did that really fast. Anyway, you've got six seconds. Okay, I'm just going to go with one. New restaurant I found called Palentino in Clerkenwell. Steve Paul, it's Italian, it's interesting. It's Italian, but it's a bit different. It has a bit of a strange atmosphere because it's kind of also in a co-working space, but don't let that put you off. The food is so top-notch. Had this thing that was peach and mozzarella with a bit of basil. It was simple, it was delicious. Had a cacio e pepe pasta that was just sublime, really cheesy, really peppery, and had these like nice little fried squash with sage leaves and honey vinegar. It was absolutely delicious. Palantino Clark, well, that is my editor's pick. Boom, mic drop. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. This is the part in the show where we invite cool people in and have a chat with them. We've decided that you are a cool person. Thank you, David Matchett, for joining us. You're the Market Development Manager at Borough Market. Sounds like a very, that's quite a fancy title. Well, it's a very fancy title for a very um, interesting job. I'm very privileged to be working at Borough Market, and I have been doing that for the last 10 years, so... Sort of like affecting and um, affecting London's food scene, I would hope. Amazing. And what does a, like a daily, what's a day in the life of you look like? What kind of work do you do? It's very varied um, and it really does depend. I mean, I'm just, last week I was over in Turin at the Terra Madre um, Salon de Gusto International Food Festival. So we were all looking at, um, you know, potential new traders that are coming from all over the world, Burkina Faso being one of the countries um, that really caught my eye. Also, um, you know, just looking around and seeing what's happening in the world, not even just 
in London, but sort of like nationally and internationally as well. So that was a very glamorous part of it. I'm off to Dingle, um, which is in County Kerry for the food festival this okay. weekend uh, to look out for traders as well. So um, this is a good time of the year. But, you know, some of the times it's all, you know, always on the lookout for new and interesting and innovative businesses uh, to come and join us at Borough Market. And um, then, of course, the associated administration involved with that, mm. which is maybe the least interesting. The less but, sexy um, side. Uh, but still, I find it quite therapeutic because it's part of getting to know the businesses and also um, being able to guarantee the provenance, you know, where the, where the produce comes from and that people are who they say they are, which is very, very important for us. So you go out, you spot spot interesting people, interesting producers, and you, you go and approach them to come join Borough Market? That's one of the things that we also do. We're also working in development um, with, uh, you know, University, South Bank University. We've just started a new project with them, um, working um, with, with, with more innovative London businesses um, to see if, you know, giving them a, you may not think of Borough Market as being a place where we show innovation, but actually we do. And this is one of the, uh, one of the projects which we just launched last week where we're looking for um, how sustainability is re- relevant, um, specifically to the younger generation, how we can bring new and interesting producers to Borough Market. Fantastic. What's, ha- what's new at Borough Market currently? These new projects, <laughs> I would have, have to say. Have you got any new traders? Well, we've got a new chair who's come in, a new chairman of the, or a chairwoman of the board that's come in. So um, we're in a process at the moment where we're, we're reviewing what's going on. We're looking at um, refocusing ourselves as a produce-led market. Um, we've got a lot of work that's going on within that. So at the moment, we are looking for new traders. Um, but um, the most recent traders that we've bought in have been, you know, businesses which um are are look are, are showcasing sustainability such as one that's making um called nibs who's making uh, crackers from food pulp waste another one um uh, Charles Tebbit, one of my favorite traders at the moment and um, I shouldn't be saying that I don't have any favorites but um he he's very innovative and and, and looking at agroforestry and planting uh, nuts in between crops to help the soil and bring the soil together so these you know, these are the businesses that I think that, are, you know, what we want to be yeah. looking towards more than, um, as well as, not, 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 not instead of, but as well as the more traditional sort of like businesses which focus on cheese, salamis, um, mm-hmm. charcuterie, lovely cakes, breads, etc., etc. So all of that. So we're just basically trying to broaden the mix. But we really want to see ourselves as being a, a produce-led market and back to being a produce-led market, mm. um, you know, for all Londoners. So I feel like Borough Market has such a rich history in London and I feel like it's had such an important part on the London food scene. Why do you think it is and what do you think excites people about it and people come every weekend for it? Do you know, it was funny when that question was asked to me recently and um, it's, the question I asked myself was, could I imagine London without Borough Market? Mm. You know, because it's so much connected with the food scene and food in London. I think that came from, you know, 20 years ago um, with a group of people that um, saw that there was a gap in the market for, at the time, for, for, for there was no celebration of British food, uh, food from the United Kingdom. Um, it was um, a, a group of visionary traders um, and, um, you know, 
people that work with Borough Market that got together, established a food lovers, food lovers fair, um, where traders came from throughout the country to sell their wares. And that was basically kickstarted, I think, uh, along with some other well-known celebrities, such as the two fat ladies, Jamie Oliver, and kickstarted the idea that, you know what, we've got food that can be celebrated in this country and food that can be celebrated in London. And there's a demand and an appetite for it. Mm. And very much is what, you know, pe- people wanted to come and join and cook. And so part of, I think, what we're doing at the moment is, is getting back to that, hey, let's, you know, let, let's get a copy of the Borough Market cookbook and start cooking again and cook for our friends and cook for our families again. Yeah. So that's what I see as being part of the, um, it, it's almost like revisiting that as being part of the, the new food scene mm. in London. Yeah, I feel like whenever I travel abroad, especially in America, people think London has a terrible food scene. I don't, I think internationally we have quite a bad, um, quite a bad reputation. They think it's just like pie and mash and quite dodgy pub food. And for me, I, well, a lot, a lot, a lot of naive Americans who I know who mm. don't really leave America think that. And for me, Borough Market is such an amazing hub for like British produce and provenance and, and such an exciting hub for London. I think you're right. I think that there is the old school 1950s Brown Windsor soup, the 70s years of prawn cocktail, Black Forest Gatto and Beaujolais Nouveau, which actually at their best are also very good um, you know steak diane is another one of those but i think whenever you, you there is a, there has been a resurgence in in, um, in cuisine in this country as well all you have to do is to look at the number of michelin star restaurants that we now have in london and also throughout the rest of the country so it is moving i think that there there are there's old reputations reputations sometimes take time to change but i think that the there's a lot of young people that actually now see that London is a very, very exciting place mm. uh, to come and uh, also to learn about food. This is what we see as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us. You're going to be joining us after the break and talking to us about your favourite places to eat in London, <clears throat> all your little tips. Okay. Here's this week's News in Brief. On Saturday the 6th of October, Club Mexicano at the Spread Eagle, which if you haven't been, it's London's first 100% vegan pub. They're launching their brand new Mexican Cali Brunch, kicking off the weekend with the likes of a vegan shatshuka, chicken and waffles and brunch cocktails every Saturday and Sunday. Now, for all you music lovers out there, tickets for the third annual Texas Music Takeover are now on sale. Taking place between the 9th and the 14th of October, the six-day concert series will shine a spotlight on four Texas musicians in venues across London. Venues include the Roadhouse, Borderline, Bush Hall, Oslo and the Islington. If you want tickets, just type in Texas Music Takeover into Google. And lastly, Flatiron is opening the door to their King's Cross restaurant on Thursday the 4th of October. Now they're going all out with their big opening to celebrate their butchering and giving away all the cuts from an entire 30-day age Dexter steer. Um, It's free. All you have to do is get there from 6pm and pay for your drinks and your sides. Um, So check that out. And thanks for listening to this week's News in Brief. We're joined now by Tarek Malouf, founder of Hummingbird Bakery, and David Stowillas. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, um, can you tell us a little bit about Hummingbird Bakery for perhaps listeners that haven't been, and also what inspired you to start the bakery? Okay, sure. So, um, well, the inspiration was the fact that at the time, so this was back in 2002, 2003, there weren't really any places in London that made um, good quality American desserts and cakes. Um, so back then there, you know, you, 
if I wanted to buy a birthday cake, I probably could have gone to a supermarket or a French patisserie type of deal. And, and there were, you know, I went to an American school in London and grew up eating these really amazing, yummy American desserts, which I, you know, had a pretty bad reputation here, um, I think, because, um, that, you know, American sweets and stuff seem as pretty cheap and artificial and that kind of thing. So, um, that's where the inspiration came from. And, um, we, so I opened my first shop in 2004, early 2004 in Portobello Road. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of grown since then. What was the response like when you opened the first store? Um, it was, yeah, so it's pretty positive. Um, I chose the location there because I knew that it was, there were a lot of American families kind of living in that part of London. Mm. Um, so I just assumed that the clientele would be American expats, um, at least in the beginning mm. and, um, kind of people who live in, in those areas. Um, but yeah, we were very lucky. I think it's a, was a great location to open at the time because of the, the market. So obviously you have a mix of people like locals during the week, um, and then tourists on the weekend. And then, um, we got a lot of, um, press, like good press. And the, there was no social media back then at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, there was, you know, we were in, written about in a column in Vogue and in, in Tatler and things like that. And th- that really helped. So mm. it was a good, but you know, I, you, I had never done anything like this before. So I would say it started off pretty small, um, where if we, you know, made a hundred pounds or something that day, it was a good thing. Mm. Um, so I'm glad that I did, you know, I had kind of that kind of small scale sense at the time. And how has Hummingbird evolved from that to where you are now? Um, A lot has changed and a lot hasn't. So we are definitely, I think, kind of more admin, kind of how you train staff and how you have to deal with like 100 plus staff. That's changed where in the beginning there were, there were, you know, five of us, let's say. Um, But the, but the kind of stuff we make um, and how it's made, it's, has kind of stayed the same obviously we're more efficient where maybe if we had like five orders in one day then we would like oh that's a lot how are we going to do it and now we have a bigger scale Mm. um but you know the recipes are pretty much the same and it's the same type of thing and i mean you make you make the best red velvet cake in london thank you thank you Thank you. I'm glad you like it. so we we always bake on site um so each bakery has its own kitchen um, and fresh baked that day. Um, yeah, so that's still the same. And how many bakeries are there now? There are six. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. So going from one to six, it must be a big change. That did it feel natural that expansion? Um, the, in the beginning, yes. Then it got a little bit too much for what I enjoyed because that's not really why I started the business. I never thought I'd have more than one shop. To be honest, like it didn't even cross my mind. Um, so that's why it kind of expanded a little more rapidly for two or three years. And I didn't really, didn't really fit with the way I wanted Mm. to do things. So then I've kind of slowed it down again. The baby got out of control. We know that feeling. Yeah. 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 Are you seeing any trends in baking right now? Um, yeah, there's two things. One, which has been going on for almost 10 years now, but people baking at home and kind of rediscovering how to bake. Um, so I, our first cookbook came out in 2009. 
Um, and we used to be inundated with people like, oh, I, I couldn't make this recipe because they didn't know how, like they wouldn't know how to cream butter and sugar together for that. You have to do it for a long time. And so kind of simple techniques that are kind of obvious when you know how to bake. Um, now though, people know how to do all that because they watch all these TV shows and YouTube and, um, they just bake all the time and they bake to show off and all that. So that didn't exist at all in 2004, like first shop, literally the only people that would come in and say, Oh, I bake at home were, um, like American moms that would come in Mm -hmm. um, to the shop. The, The other thing that's changed, um, I don't know if it's positive or negative, but you know, you kind of have to go with the flow is a lot of stuff looks, um, kind of spectacular but tastes a bit yeah the, it doesn't so it's more about look and if if, it's, mm. if it looks good on instagram or mm. um that kind of thing mm. that seems to be more important with some yeah. customers yeah i mean obviously they want something that tastes good but you know all that instagrammable stuff um i have tried some of it here and there and you know it's not it's not bad have you like have you felt the pressure because of that have you just been like oh she's made like a unicorn cake because well we do we do things that. like that now mm. um and also weirdly because obviously like the business is almost 15 years old like someone who might have been 10 then is like in yep. their 20s mm. now i can't even count but yeah 25 <laughs> 25, 25. <laughs> um so yeah things have changed and we can't just remain the same so if if it's not enough to have a pink cupcake, then you want a unicorn on it, then mm. it's fine. And plus, I mean, weirdly enough, though, for us, like people who are working in the kitchen, that kind of stuff is more fun to do. Yeah. Because they're to... making the little decorations and they're doing the sugar paste and that we have. Is all... there actually a unicorn cupcake? I didn't just make that yeah. up. Oh, fuck. You didn't make that I'm so, I'm so on trend. But I feel I like with my unicorn. cooking, my cooking doesn't look great, but it tastes nice. Yeah. Mm. But that's yeah. why you should know for the bakery. Yeah, that's true. Always be content over style yes thank you i make a good omelette david (laughs) omelette's never gonna get the likes is it true it's not it's not gonna get but it's so interesting what you said about social media not being a thing when you Mm. open the bakery because now now like people open a food concept thinking instagram first we've had guests on the show like um uh, vicky's donut she she has amazing donuts and they are delicious but she said what can i make that's really instagrammable and then make it taste good and it was instagram first and then you know getting the taste up second because we're talking about food in London, can you share your favourite restaurants? Do you have any favourite restaurants? So maybe for dinner, start with dinner. <laughs> yeah, where do you, where do you love to go out for dinner, David? I'm, I, I think I'm a bit of a traditionalist when it comes down to it. Um, you know, for dinner, and I, I, I have to name check Elliot's in, um, in in Borough Market because I feel that their food to me represents. Um, Really good London food at its best at the moment. I can bring friends in who are vegan and end up eating their food and eating totally vegan food because of the fact it's totally delicious. Yeah. It's well cooked. You know, respect for really good ingredients. Um, so I mean, and that, that, those are the sort of restaurants that I, you know, that what I kind like of cuisine is that? To. I would say it's modern London, Borough Market London, because <laughs> all the produce is, uh, you know, is coming from there. But I think that that's where, um, you know, I, I, I like the traditional old favourites. I mean, I used to work at Quaglino's when it opened and, you know, I have a, sometimes just going back for old time's sake and, you know, those classic London places. Yeah. Rules is another one of them. It's, um, you know, one that's beloved of the tourist scene, but it's one that I, if I want to take someone, mm. you know, that's coming over to London, just somewhere that I know we're going to get good 
you know, good English food. Yeah, you know, and feels a bit special. Film. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. But there is such a wide range, I'm sure. Mm. You know, it's spoiled for you. A favourite is for me, like, what do I feel like today? Mm. Do you know? Because it will be something different at a different time. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to make that choice, I think. Um, I think a lot for me is ambiance or coziness. So um, I like Fisher's. On Marlbone, very nice. Uh, I love their scrambled eggs. Yeah. I don't know what they do. It's yeah, some sort it's... of wizardry, but they are <laughs> fluffy. <laughs> you do like your eggs, don't you? She's I obsessed. Know, like she actually yes. went. Th- um, we've worked together for five years, and she went through a stage where she was on some funny sort of gym-induced protein diet, and she was having really an unhealthy amount of eggs, eggs. during. It was twice a day, and I made her cut down. Um, yeah, did you sit beside her? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in another office. I was like, yeah, I'm going out of Also, I bought one of those. You know those. Um, Egg poachers. Egg poachers where you can poach them in the microwave. Oh, oh. Yeah, so you, you, they're plastic and you pop your, you crack your egg in and then you put them in the microwave for maybe like two minutes, but you're meant to pierce the yolk. Shouldn't do that. And I didn't and it exploded <gasps> and the stench. <laughs> we, I couldn't go in that kitchen for days. <laughs> she ruined it for all of us. But you've learned, yeah. a, but you've learned a lesson. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. So our meals are fishers. Fishers and I also <laughs> like, um, I like a place called 34 that's in Mayfair that's mm. a bit posher that, bit but fancy, it's also yeah. fancy but, but also not so they have like you know spaghetti with meatballs and they have mm. nice steaks and they have um, so it's kind of comfort food but you know in a kind of cozy it looks like it feels like you're like in the 1930s there mm. so but I don't go there very often I, that's the kind of place I might go with my parents yeah sometimes yeah, yeah. yeah. special yeah, occasion yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. what about brunch how do we feel about brunch obviously it's a huge thing in London do we buy into the brunch scene is there anywhere you like to go for brunch later? um well usually well I go to a place so in I live um, near Shoreditch so I go to um, Hoi Polloi at the at the Ace Hotel and um yeah, I like the brunch there. Well, I usually eat the Sunday roast, but yeah. You're allowed to eat Sunday roast, that's okay. <laughs> I live on the other side of that. Oh, you do? At the back of it. Okay. Do you get to Hoi Polloi? No, I've been there a couple of times, but I think for brunch, I tend to go sort of like off-piste, Bethel Green Road, Pelici's Restaurant. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love <laughs> and, it and I'm going to call it brunch. I'm not sure it's really quite what, like what brunch. What kind of food is it? It's a proper calf. It's, it's a okay. proper calf. Italian calf, you know. It's, it's, is it brunch? Is it, is it where you go for mm. a hangover? Yes. <laughs> I, I actually went on a really boozy night out <laughs> and I actually fell down the stairs in a nightclub. Uh-oh. But then I went to, I went there the next day and they healed me. They cured. Oh, they cured. I what cured. Did you eat I was cured. Just fry eggs. Up. Like fry fry up. Up. Yeah. And you know what it is? Is that the, the, the walls are lined with, with, yeah. with like people that have come in, like celebrities that have yes, come like, in. Yes, like East Enders Castle. Yes. Wow. Coronation okay. Street. And okay. also, dare we say it, the craze. Oh. For those that can okay. remember. So the craze it's old school. The it's old school. It is old school. Proper good calf. Okay. Yeah. Cafe. And there is a, an equivalent of it at Borough Market of Maria's calf again. It was this, these Italian calves. I just love, I've always loved them, you know? Yeah. And, um, Sugar in the massive things, pour it in the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not like what you might think of as cool brunch, but it's a lot of cool people go to it. Yeah, they, they do. They do, yes. Do you have to queue? No. no. Yeah, so better that. I'd rather It's that. always like, and there's a little hatch where they're like cooking in the kitchen and they're like, 
All is ready. Okay. And it feels nice. And they know you by name. They, they do call know you by name. name. They yes. do know you by name. Yeah. They do put chips in the fry up. I don't know how I feel about that. But we can... I can they sometimes feel like... Oh, in the fry up. I yes. think said in the fryer. I'm like, how else? <laughs> it's a very <laughs> controversial <laughs> subject on the Bethnal Green Road. Yes, it is. Very, what, chips what, on a fryer. What would you do, David? I'm, I'm going to remain neutral. Are you, oh... I love my chips. Always, yeah, but yeah. you can have a hash brown on a breakfast. Oh my god, no, not one, at least four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and kids, finally, cocktails. Is there anywhere you like to go in like a cool bar? Anywhere you like to go for drinks? Everywhere Spoons. I pick is always just pretentious. Spoons. Anywhere? I can drink alcohol, so anywhere that does decent mocktails. Um, and I usually tend to stick with water, so, oh. you know, as one gets. Even what, about, what about coffee? Drink coffee. I love coffee. Okay, anywhere anywhere for coffee. Well, I mean, like. where do you think of Borough Market? Yeah. Where would you go to? The obvious one is Monmouth. Mm. Um, mm. And actually, half and half Monmouth coffee and Hook's Raw Milk is um, mm. a... I don't know if it's... There isn't a name for it, but it's sort of like a cortado that is above and beyond anything mm. you've ever tasted. It's a creamy, milky, yeah. sort of like... Um, but, but, but it tastes right, so mm. I like those. But also, I mean, for coffee, I love coffee and... Uh, there's another uh, trader that we have at the market, the Colombian coffee company in Eduardo. He brings the coffees from estates in uh, in Colombia. He knows all the people that are in it. Yeah. So there's the story goes straight back, and it tastes better because I know the story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know the backstory. And I think it does. I think it, this is what you know people people do. I, I like to know where my food comes from. I like to know where my coffee comes from. It makes me feel better. Yeah. Do you have any cocktail favorites, coffee Co- favorites? Well, cocktails, funnily enough, I feel like a lot of restaurants now, like nice restaurants, do really good cocktails. Mm, yeah. So it's obviously a thing. Um, mm. I, so I don't really go... I mean, the last... I can't even think of where I... You wouldn't go out specifically for a cocktail? No, but there is somewhere... It's a little bit... I wouldn't say cheesy but fun it's really old well from the 50s 60s that's still there i haven't been there for like maybe 10 years but um trader vicks oh god yeah 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 i mean that's like they've been doing those like mai tais and Mm. big massive tropical cocktails for like 50 years there and when you go i mean i was taken there the first time probably as a three or four year old child by my parents <laughs> and, a bit early. Yeah. and it still looks the same baby my tie i don't it think is. they've changed yeah. anything about That's the it hilton hotel yeah in, in hyde park corner in hyde park corner yeah. Yeah. i like that i like places that like don't change i think with, with london there's so much that's new sometimes those old school favorites are yeah. great mm. and coffee i love coffee too um well, near me, if I walk a little further, you know, um, there's All Press, which is good. Oh, I like All yeah. Press. Red Church Street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, but there's so many places now. Even East the, London especially is yeah. coffee And then mad. near, um, I work in Soho, there's Department of mm. Social, Social Affairs. Affairs. Yeah, that, their coffee's good. Um, but so many, so many places, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us today, talking about your, your various businesses and work. It's been fascinating. Um, if people would like to find out more, hummingbirdbakery.com? Yes. And boroughmarket. uk or at boroughmarket. Tweet us, we always reply. <laughs> you are very good on Twitter. Very good. You of course are. we are. That's Hattie and Emma. Um, are, are, are two people Shout that Shout out tweet. to Hattie and Emma. Thank yeah, you so yeah, much, absolutely. guys. They're great. <laughs> this is the AT, the About Time podcast. We're into our final part of the show, which is the review slot. Mm. 
Giles, where have you been eating this week? Mine is so controversial for me. I went to a vegan pizza restaurant. Having said earlier in the show that I'm not into pizza, I basically, my best friend is lactose intolerant and also gluten-free. She hasn't had a pizza since she was about 14 and she heard about this place on Parkway called Pureza, which originated in Brighton and they've just opened one in Camden. And she was like, I have to go. I've been denied pizza my whole life. Please can we go? So I went and I was... I think it's fair to say a heavy dose of scepticism about it. I thought vegan, pizza, gluten-free. I was literally blown away. Like, it was so delicious. We had this pizza and it was on a vegan base. Firstly, like, vegan stuff. Did it look different? or It did look slightly different. And the vegan cheese is not the same hue, wouldn't you say, of normal cheese. It's a bit more yellow in colour. But beyond that, you couldn't really tell the difference. But the vegan base was delicious. It was really soft. It was, like, very tasty. Sometimes gluten-free stuff can be a bit crumbly. But this, the texture was perfect. And we had this one which was called Season 4 Pizza. And it was artichokes, black olives, chestnut mushrooms, smoked beetroot with salad cress. And we also got um, some smoked tofu on it. And it comes... What's amazing about this place is that you'd think for a vegan place, they would basically use like packeted vegan cheese. but And that's what happens if you go to like Pizza Express or something and get the yeah. vegan pizza. But here, it's such a focus on like homemade and artisan. So they make all these cheeses. I'm doing air quotes for listeners. They make all these cheeses out of different ingredients that are vegan. So they have cashew nut cheese, almond milk cheese. The one I had was brown rice mozzarella. And like, it's amazing. The consistency is so like mozzarella. And they also have like um, a kind of tofu ricotta. So what they're doing is they're using unusual kind of plant-based things to make cheeses. And it just tastes so good. It did it melt? It melted. It was tasty. It tasted kind of cheesy. They didn't have any of that like synthetic flavour. Yeah, because that the, that, there's a fine line, I think, with vegan cheese. Yeah, and a lot of them are really synthetic and they're not particularly good for you either. And this kind of felt healthy and it felt lighter than a normal cheese. I really liked it. I also, we shared um, a lasagna, which is made purely gluten-free ingredients and it's made with like a cheese style bechamel sauce and a a ragu mince that's made out of tofu yeah there's no fooling me with it It wasn't a normal lasagna but it was delicious it was tasty and also if you are vegan or you are gluten-free or dairy-free like it's super exciting to go out somewhere where you can just eat what you like and you don't have to worry about restrictions or contamination um it's also reasonably priced like the pizza was 11.95 the lasagna was 12.95 like they could do they could have made it a lot more expensive and i appreciate that they didn't and they have a cheeky lunch deal i think that's quite they have any dessert they do have desserts they had um they had yeah loads of stuff they had like banana ice cream and they had tiramisu that was gluten-free loads of stuff and um, but we put it pretty full but i would really recommend it pureza it's on parkway it's got a nice atmosphere and delicious food great where have you been out i went to rotunda in King's Cross. I've been to Rotunda before. It's, it's, it's a strange location. Yes, because you kind of have to walk through this building in order to get to it. And I'm yeah. like, is this building a library? I don't know what it is. Um, but it's right on the canal behind King's Cross. So the restaurant turned 10 this year. Um, and with it, they've totally rejigged the menu. Decor um, has been changed. So they're kind of, yeah, it's very, it's fresh. It's new. Mm. I went for the roast. I love a roast. So you left the Sunday roast? Yeah, I went for the Sunday roast. And we had some starters, which were really nice. I had this sort of um, oven-baked aubergine with this unbelievable smoked garlic cream, mm. which was sensational. And we had some pastrami, really nice with jalapenos. Proper thick cut of pastrami, really melted in the mouth. And for a Sunday roast, I got the beef. And I couldn't fault it mm. because it had it was really nice and pink. 
Yorkshire pudding was great. Really good, rich, intense gravy. And I like my, your, you know, my roast practically suffocating in gravy. And I asked about three times for more gravy and they were happily obliged. And um, which is really nice. And the seasonal greens, great. Um, my companion decided to get the truffle chips as a side as well, um, which went down a treat. Sounds like it was a pretty hearty lunch. Did you need a nap afterwards? It was wholesome. <laughs> yes. It was, but I think with Sunday roast, if you get a really good Sunday roast, it actually feels like really, I, f- I felt better for having it because mm. it's just a good, good quality cut of meat. They're very proud of where they source their meat from. Good quality cut of meat, really farm fresh veggies. We had cabbage, we had beetroot, purple carrots. I really recommend it. We were kind of not forced, coerced. Mm into getting a dessert I mean we ate it all we got the um, coconut pistachio tart which is very nice yes they do they've gone a bit nostalgic with their pubs pubs puds um, because they've got a baked Alaska for two I love love a dessert for two mainly because my boyfriend doesn't eat sweet things because he has no soul and I just whenever we get puddings for two it means more for me (laughs) who doesn't love it Um, but yes and they do really good coffee as well fab okay so rotunda I like it yes I would recommend because it, there's a fine line with roast, isn't there? Because you can get some really. I mean, good to be honest, ones. I'm veggie, and I always think roast is really disappointing. Oh, I love a roast. Just a dry nut roast is what we like. Yeah, I mean that's not. If any listeners not... have had a good nut roast, hit me up. Yeah, I think that nuts and roast is just, a... <laughs> it's just not a thing. Nuts no. don't roast very well. Um, well, if you guys have enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review so more people can find the show. There's a new episode out every Wednesday. And until then, you can follow us um, at About Time Mag for all the latest news and features and pretty photos of burgers. And cake. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. listening to the AT. For more of the best things to do in London and beyond, visit abouttimemagazine.co.uk or follow us at About Time Mag. This has been a candy store production for About Time Magazine, hosted by Angelica Malin and Alicia Grimshaw and produced by Van Connor. Spirit Body by Ketzer appears under Creative Commons 3.0. Visit ketzermusic.com for more, with recording facilities in partnership with Jova London. Head to jovalondon.com for more information. 